Listen, baby, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter how far. Don't worry, baby. Just call my name, I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry. Cause baby, Either there ain't, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you, baby. Yes. <laughs> Guys, welcome. Thank you so much for opening up the show that way, man. I know it's nerve wracking. It's not the typical thing that a tradesperson is asked to do, but wait a minute. Don't you guys sing on the site when you guys are laying bricks? Oh, you know it. Everybody sings. <laughs> Sing, dance. Yeah, exactly, right? So, But then you put a mic. You need a trowel here. You need a mortarboard and a trowel. That's what you need here, and then you guys could be singing. No, welcome. Welcome to the Construction Life, guys. I know you guys did a little bit Thank of a you. trek here and got a little bit earlier, uh, but I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for having and, us. And we've actually, uh, it's Sarah. Sarah's responsible for this. Sarah Steele, mm. right? She's the yes. one that spoke about you guys, and then you, she's like, you got to reach out to the guys. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm, I've got a particular fondness for brickies, right? So it's just, it's great that you guys are there. But this show is going to be about you guys, but we're also going to be talking a lot about what else is going on and what you guys are impressed with, what certain people are doing. And we need more of that, that kind of idea. So uh, I just want to introduce you guys and let everybody know who we're speaking to. So I got Eric on my left. And you got Ronald on my right. You guys are Masons and it's from ERS Masonry Limited. And uh, the email is e.r.s.masonry at hotmail.com. And on Instagram, it's e.r.s.masonryltd. Um, and that's it. That's all the information we got, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What's uh, so there was a third brother. Yeah. He's the S. He's the S. <laughs> yeah. He's the, old, the oldest. The uh, oldest. Yeah. So he's the S or he's the S? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. He's just he's the, the S. S. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Everything, everything's all good. <laughs> That's what I think. It could be the S, right? But uh, all right. So we're going to do something a little different here because normally I do th things a certain way, but we want to make a phone call. Yeah. So we want to speak to somebody that you guys like respect that's doing some serious good in this industry. So by all means, let's make the phone call and let's uh, talk to Joe. So just hold it to the mic there, Ronald, if you can, yeah. Hello, Joe Blair. Hello, Joe. How's it going? Hey, Joe. How are you doing, Ronald? It's Manny, Joe, from the Construction Life. Hi, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Uh, no, how do you want to start this? How do you want yeah, to hey, Joe. So um, this is pretty much the podcast we're starting now. So Are we live right now? No, we're well, recording it. But hang on. I just realized that Joe can only hear my natural voice across the table, right? Yes, because he doesn't have a mic. So, Joe, can you hear me fine? Are you okay with that? or? Uh, I can hear you okay. If maybe uh, I just readjusted something. Maybe it might be a little bit better. We'll do another try. Uh, no, no, we can talk right now if you're here and like, it's totally fine. I'll just ask questions, but I'll try to be a little louder, but I guess my mic's got to go a little further away. That's all. So Joe, can you hear me? Okay, Joe? Uh, yes. Okay. All right, cool. So if you want to introduce yourself, Joe, uh, my name is Joseph Valerio. Uh, I'm a technology teacher in London, Ontario. Um, I've been, uh, involved in trades teaching for 28 years. And uh, I have um, a variety of background, including a C of Q as a cabinet maker, as well as uh, I was very fortunate to be able to go to uh, Conestoga College for an amazing woodworking program that they have there, as well as I did my undergrad at Western. Nice. 
That's pretty impressive, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite trait, Joe? Uh, that's, that's a tough one. I know. Um, I know it is, yeah. I find most trades to be extremely interesting. I do love woodworking, um, which is probably why I became a professional woodworker. Um, the family business that I grew up in is the restoration of like hundred year old churches. And there was a, a ton of woodworking to do in these churches. So it was uh, a necessity to learn that skill set um, to be able to do that job. So I love woodworking. I love automotive and motorcycle mechanics um, as well. I, I like restoring motorcycles in my spare time. And I also, I also like machining, uh, metal machining, um, welding. I, I like I like a lot of different trades. I like doing all these different things. But uh, I must admit, cabinetry is uh, is probably my favorite. Uh, I really enjoy work, working with wood and bringing out the beauty of wood into furniture that you get to see on a daily basis. Nice, nice. So I got a few questions, Joe. I just want to sure. ask you, is it regarding the bikes, is it American, Japanese, or European? It's mostly Japanese motorcycles. Right. Um, and again, it started out through necessity, uh, having a dirt bike as a kid. When you break the dirt bike, you better fix it. If not, you're not going <laughs> riding with your friends. Exactly. And then it uh, spiraled from there to uh, high-performance motocross bikes, to high-performance street bikes, to dual sports, to supermotos, uh, to quads, to snowmobiles, and all of those things. Um, I fix all of those. And right from the simple just maintenance to complete engine rebuilds and chassis rebuilds. So we want to let everybody know, Joe, that you're basically, I guess, on the cusp of retirement or you're kind of in or close to it? I am. Officially, I um, will be eligible for retirement in, I believe it's like 18 months. Okay. Um, so I've taken a little bit of time off right now and... Uh, just for some health issues, but um, I'm getting close to that retirement age, which, to be perfectly honest, is uh, is one of the major issues that we have in trades right now, is all of us are getting a little grayer, and we're all getting to that age of retirement, and unfortunately, there's not enough younger people to backfill our positions. And, we, and I agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's a really tough thing, too, because when a person in their mid-50s retires, mid-50s to 60s retires, even when you get a new person come on, you don't get that 30 to 40 years of experience and expertise. A new person, it, even when they become certified, it still takes a long time for them to develop skills for somebody who's been in the trade for a long time. So I'll, I'll give uh, Ronald an example. Ronald is a highly skilled bricklayer, super, super highly skilled bricklayer. A new bricklayer coming in would not be able to do and be able to troubleshoot the issues that Ronald could do because he has so much experience. Yeah. So even when we get new people in, it takes a lot of years to bring them up to that level of those retired people that are going out the door. 
So I got one question for you, Joe. Is 27 years teaching, basically, right? 27 years in the business, and you've seen your your fair share of different kinds of kids coming in the industry. What's what's different from the kids of 27 years ago to the kids of today? Um, you know what? Kids will be kids all the time. Yes. Um, one of the things that I have seen change significantly is is kids are heavily involved in more of the electronic type technologies out there and unfortunately not for any fault of their own but many of these these young people never have the opportunity to work on anything and they just they they don't even have um, I'll give you an example. I've had students come into my class, 15, 16 year old, young boys, young women, and they've never ever held a screwdriver or never ever held a wrench. I know. I they know. might. I've heard of the tape measure. The tape measure is scared. They don't even know how to read a tape measure. Uh, didn't catch. Didn't catch that. But just say it. Um, uh, he said that. The tape measure scare. They they don't even know how to oh, read a tape measure. Yeah, that's that's always amazing to me. You know, how how long is this? Uh, eight <laughs> inches and four dashes. Like, <laughs> I know we we laugh we laugh, but we had to learn as well too. But it was learned. You know, we were taught by an old school European father or what have you, and and they would have just smacked your head until you figured out. But kids nowadays, there's not even a like a toolbox at all at home. There might be uh, a dollar store screwdriver in a kitchen cabinet somewhere, but this mentality of always having to call somebody to do everything yeah. is unfortunate because these kids don't have the opportunity to take things apart and troubleshoot and figure out how things work and be able to go dirt bike riding in the back, uh, you know, in the back fields and so on and so forth. And I found over my teaching career that some of the strongest technology students I ever dealt with were kids that still had those opportunities. And in a lot of cases, they grew up in rural areas on farms. And those kids were usually leaps and bounds ahead of their classmates when it came to just the manual dexterity to be able to use tools and to troubleshoot issues and so on and so forth. So that's been a major change um but the big thing is if you give a kid a chance to get in on some tools and be able to get an idea into reality they take so much pride in that and i I always give this example (laughs) i'm not picking on any courses at school okay i just want to get that i'll I'll do that let me do it joe i'll do it um you ask somebody who took uh, a technology class or you know a lot of times it used to be called a shop class yeah. 30 years ago 40 years ago you ask them now they'll tell you exactly what they made in their shop class it's so true. unfortunately <laughs> that might not be so true in a math class or a science class but you ask them like I still have all the technology projects I built when I was a kid, like 14 years old, 15 years old. I go over to my mom and dad's house, and they're still there, like a little stool yeah. and a spatula for the barbecue, you know, machine that up. I did that 40 years ago. And there's a real connection to what you do from idea to reality. 
A hundred percent, Joe. Yeah. No, we wanted to just call. I know that we're going to somehow try to figure out how to get you on the show and uh, we'll connect you uh, somehow. We'll do a Zoom call or thing like that because you're you're at uh, you're in London area. But I definitely want to hear the whole story about you and and dive more into the 27 years and all the kids and everything like that, because these guys have spoken highly about you. Uh, so we just wanted to give you a quick shout, just say hello, introduce everybody uh, to yourself, to introduce the listeners so they can get an idea that in a future episode we'll have you on the show and we'll, we'll definitely dive into what you've, you've been doing, what you're up to, and what you're going to be doing. Sure. Sounds good? Sounds great. Thanks so much, Joe. Really appreciate it. Okay, Joe. No thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Bye, Joe. Bye, Bye. Bye. Take care. Hey, general contractors, renovation experts, and construction professionals, protecting your business should be a top priority. Your clients require you to have liability insurance as a condition of the contracts you sign. By having construction liability insurance, you not only fulfill those requirements, but also demonstrate professionalism, reliability, and a commitment to your client's protection. It's a win-win situation for your business. Construction liability insurance is vital to protect you from risks and liabilities that come with your line of work. It provides essential coverage for property damage, coverage for third-party damage, or bodily injury, and other incidents that may occur during construction or renovation projects. Visit zensurance.com forward slash save35 for a free construction liability insurance quote and get the comprehensive protection you need. I, like I was relating to him 100%. Like It was just funny. In my first class, it was a checkerboard. I was just blown away by the fact that I could take different species of wood and cut them a certain way, glue them up a certain way, then cut them again and then glue them up a different way. And all of a sudden I created a checkboard. I thought it was magic at that time. I thought I was like a, the greatest of all, right? And it was just like, now it's being taken to a whole other extreme, right? So it's just, it's fascinating that he sees the potential there. We've always discussed this. It's like you get a kid into trades, seven to 10 year process, right? Yeah. To get them at to a point where they're actually, I guess for lack of a better word, profitable. Yeah. Like yeah, you, yeah. you're a part of the business, right? Yeah. So you guys see that all the time. So yeah, that's been the hardest part: um, getting apprentices and working with apprentices and the young young kids because it's so hard to train them and train them. Well, at first you got to train them the soft skills. That was the problem at the beginning. So when we started, it was 2010, our first co-op kid, and we're just showing him how to show up to work, get out of his car on time. You know, like. Um, just those skills. See, that's not a conversation you should have or you need to have, in all fairness. Yeah, but we had to. And that's, that was a pro, pro, problem at the time. What that was time. your reluctance in the very beginning? Because obviously you're, you're, you have your first kid. You get an opportunity to have a kid on the site that's not a family member that just showed up off the street that just <laughs> yeah. goes, I need a job and I need to make some money and you're a family because the name is somehow connected, right? Yeah. So now you got a complete stranger that has an interest or a passion for this trade and you guys don't have the most popular trade it's a difficult mm -hmm. trade in the winter months it's a difficult trade in the summer months it's a difficult trade any time of year right it's yeah. hard work but it's very rewarding work right yeah. but now you've got kids that want to do this like they've yeah. seen what it's all about they understand that there's some i'm hoping these days wheelbarrows are not thrown anymore like no. maybe no, trials no. are thrown right <laughs> maybe trials are thrown with a handle not the point right maybe but i mean like they see that and it's yeah. just like what was your thought process guys when you had that first kid and i guess in the back of your head you're thinking now we're teachers we have to kind of educate these kids yeah like at the beginning you're thinking as a business is how am i gonna profit or how am i not gonna lose money doing this right and that's the main thing that goes through your head but then after you, you get over that, 
we and then you have a timeline at the beginning of 2010 you have a timeline of a year you got to send this kid to school so you're thinking okay first he's got to learn how to get out of his car get to work and start working and then have some sort of have a good attitude working around others and then you are trying to teach him the trade and at first they all want to even at that time they wanted to be bricklayers they wanted to be on the trowel and that's a mentality that's where joe and i we we always got along and we agreed that that's not the way we were going to teach these kids we're going to teach them from the beginning to the end how to start by mixing by setting up scaffold and that's going to take time especially if they're not even getting out of their cars and being at work on time how long did it take you guys to get on the trial it wasn't I, the I, first day. Oh. I was the la- I was the last one. Okay. You, Eric was the last brother, so I was. It took me four years. That's about right. Four years to get on the trial. That's I labored, right. labored for the, that whole time, and I labored on the weekend just to get better at laboring. You know, and that that was that was my mentality: is I got to be a good labor. I would be. I got to be a good labor so I can be a bricklayer. I'm, and I'd even go further. If you're a good laborer, you're a good manager. Yeah. You're on your way to being a good manager, yeah. four person or whatever you want to look at it, because yeah. you've earned the stripes to do that. Yeah. You understand what's involved regarding feeding the machine that's providing the scope that's actually production. Exactly. And yeah. if you're not a good laborer, then there's a missing piece in this, this Very machine. Very important piece. Yeah. That, 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 to us, we always thought it was the most important piece. And we thought laboring, and there was this, you know, there was this attitude and, uh, against laborers, and they've always been treated a certain way but because of us and we had a certain dynamic between being three brothers eric was the youngest brother and he was our labor and we treated him like he was the main boss right he was the main organizer manager and because if without him we wouldn't be able to do our job yeah that's a fact yeah and eric actually labored for almost 10 years yeah he did he just got on the trowel like to be on the trowel consistently the past three years because we always looked for that bricklayer and we were always told, hey, we need a bricklayer and that's how you make money. Yeah. So, it, but it was so hard to find a labor. Like you can, you could train a bricklayer but, or, or get a bricklayer, but to get a labor that can tender to one or two guys, two guys, it was impossible. So what are most of the guys that actually start off as labor, what are they doing wrong and what are they doing right? They Outside would. of showing up on jobs, like, correctly, time-wise. Hmm. I think it's just um, just paying attention and remembering stuff. Like, we, it's the same routine in the mornings. Like, you know, you take all the tools out. Uh, you're re- it's a repeat. So it's just uh, remembering stuff. It's, so it's like, you know, you're told, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. And then, honestly, it's like they get there, and sometimes it's just like, they don't know. It's like their first day again. And that seems to be like it happens quite a bit. I know that's the training part of like what we do, but I guess it's just a matter of like over time, it's like, okay, they're going to get better. They're going to get better. And they have, they do. And it's just takes time. It's just. But as business owners, you guys think you've already gone through a week or two or even a month of this. Why is it not being just instinctive like that? At that point? I think that like now it's because they want to, 
be bricklayers. They want to get to yeah. that. So they want to get to the finish line. First? They want to get to the yeah. finish line right away. <laughs> They're not so paying they, attention to and, and this part. Yeah. yeah, and we used to tell them, "You gotta be good. You gotta be the. If you want to own a uh, or be company. like a, we 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 um, we encourage them to be to own their own company, right? So that's how we teach. Is like we want you guys to be better than us. That's the whole point. And that's why I think the co-op program and having these kids have been, has been so rewarding for everybody involved with us is because we want you to have that company. We want you to be better than us, and we're going to teach you that way. But it all starts from the ground. It all starts as a labor. It all starts from you mixing. It all starts from you cleaning up after yourself. And that's what's going to make you that good business owner. It's, it's interesting that Jill said something that I totally agree with, and then I didn't bring it up at the time, but I'm bringing it up now. And as a laborer, you don't need any of this technology. No. Other than showing up to the job site, I use it as an alarm clock or as a GPS device to get to the job site if it's a new site or whatever. But you, when you get to the job site and you start setting up the day, you do not need any kind of technology in your hand. And and I believe I totally agree with him that I, I that that has been a hindrance I think for the younger generation. It, it's it's just distraction at that point, yeah. right? But I mean, it's yeah. like you want them to forget about motivation you want them to just be disciplined so discipline means like leave the phone in the car at that time or leave it in the lunchbox or leave it for lunch and then when you take your breaks look at your technology then you know we've had the past couple of years really good experiences with that like i think a lot of the kids now they they they're not on their phone. I don't know, maybe because they can't afford the data. Or they just it's, it's in their lunchbox or in their car. So we've had before like COVID prior, a couple kids that would just be at break, time, on really? break and just playing video games. We can hear them in the background. We're like in the circle talking between each other. And one of the one of the co-op kids is just in the back playing video games. And that's the thing with us is like we we will introduce you to the construction site and you decide what you want to do. We're not going to push the masonry on you. You pick that because that's interesting to you, right? But really what we're trying to show you is the whole construction life, right? And so when that kid is sitting, we're giving them the opportunity to come sit with us. But if he's over there in the corner, playing, we just, we're okay with that. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. That's okay. When it's time to go to work, you go to work. Right. And he did that. He was fine. But they're all different. And now, like, we've been fortunate, like, well, not fortunate. I think just past other kids haven't been on their phone. It's very, it's actually kind of rare. They haven't been. So it's actually pretty. And like you said, it's like you don't need it to be a, a labor. You don't. You don't. Need it. You'll no. need it eventually to be yeah. a bricklayer or whatever you need to resource or find out. There's all kinds of new products being used or yeah. techniques or whatever yeah. like that. And then you need it at that point. But as a labor, you don't need it at all. No. Right. So is it, how many kids have you guys, since you started in 2010, how many kids have you guys had on your sites? We're probably around 20 now. Wow. Huh? Yeah, 20. We, used to get, we used to get one every semester. So a few, time, would, that, a few times we had two. A few times we had two. But it's... Uh, is there a li- there's no limit. Is there a limit? There is. There okay. was because it depends on the ratios, right? At the time, especially if you had the tax credit and you were doing that. But off mic before we got started, you guys were saying that tax credit is... It's gone. Now. It was gone. It's been yeah. gone way before before COVID. So, and that was, you know, like that that kind of encouraged you a little bit to hire these guys on because you get a little bit of money back. Because, like, really, you're losing money this whole time training. These we kids did a right show now. recently with uh, Ashley, and I think that there's the funding now up to ten thousand dollars. The business owner will get it yeah. to bring on any new kids, right? But you have to register as a business owner. You have to register with them and be uh, a Red Seal. 
business owner, right? So you can take on that kid. So there's other stipulations, which I don't totally agree with because I think it should be made a lot easier because yeah. you've got kids, like you said, they're hungry to get in the trade. They're just not being given the opportunity. In the same way that Joe said on the mic there is he was just like, they're not being pushed to the right direction to get the right possibilities that will take them to where they want to get to. Yeah. That's where the challenge is, right? Forget about checking the boxes here and trying to fit political agenda. Focus on people that are hungry to be in this trade to begin with. Yeah. And I think like any little bit of money helps and it does encourage you to keep going. Like for us after like there's no tax credit and now, we're probably not eligible for that because we're not Red Seal. See, that's... Uh, I'll look... At, I mean, I'll send you yeah, guys a link so you guys can take a look at it. We just recently posted the show on that one so you can listen to it. But I mean, there was like... She says it's it's as long as you fit the criteria that you submit your business and you can go that route. But there's limits, sorry? So the brick... Uh, do we have to be... Uh, well, well, we'll look into it if personally we're not Red Seal, but I think masonry or brick... I, I, I don't know for sure. Like, I, I, I'll probably reach out to Ashley and I'll ask her myself because I'm yeah. curious. Because I don't like these rules. I don't even, we had plumbers on and there was the one-to-one ratio crap. Mm-hmm. You bring on an apprentice. How about we just look at the pool of kids that want to get in there yeah. and find the pool of businesses that want to bring kids in and then connect the two. Simple as that. It exactly. doesn't matter if you're short, tall, skinny, fat. I don't care. Like, if you're interested in being this trade, we do everything we possibly can to get you in there. No hurdles, no bumps, no nothing. And I think at the time we had a couple at a time because we had three bricklayers, we would say, right? Because all three brothers could lay brick. So they were able to send us two. But I think we could only sign one up to be an apprentice because of the ratios. But for, yeah, and that, you know, like it's good to open things up a little bit more because there's a lot of more interest now. And I was like, you know, like the co-op program has progressed and has gotten a lot better. Like I see a lot of these kids now, like Joe, one thing he said to me a couple of days ago was like, how can we teach these kids to be more prepared? So when they get to you and that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. We're thinking that way, especially in high school, like high school, like you, you can start there. You start there because now Instead of going to college, you can get experience out uh, on the trades, and then you can go to school. You know, I always encourage too, like come out, come out, do your do your co-op at a trade. Doesn't mean you're gonna be a tradesperson. You might end up then going to school because you're like, okay, well, but at least it gives you options. You get into the world. Let me ask you this, guys. So you've been doing this business for 15 years, right? And you've had 20 kids come in through since 2010. So that's basically uh, 13 years there. Has the business grown because of these kids? Yeah. It's grown, right? Yeah. It grows and it comes back. So because they leave. Right? Of and of course, like that's part of every trade. And I think we all kind well, of... But you're not discouraged that they're leaving because you're welcoming it, right? We no, no, love it. Exactly. No, no, we're not discouraged at all. It's like we know that they're going to come and try it. They're going to attempt it. And then, again, just putting them out there and just getting, like, work. What is it? Uh, just seeing how it is out there in the real world. You know what I mean? So if they don't like it, then they'll try something else. And that's it for us. It's like, it's okay. Like, we'll teach you, like, how it is and then take it. And then if you stick with us, we'll keep teaching you. And then if, if not, then... It's okay. You know what I mean? We don't most business owners are a little reluctant about that because they figure that I'm going to give you all my tricks and then you're going to go and you're my competition, which is all yeah. crap, right? Like I we think all know it's crap. We have, we have, there's two of us. 
So we know we're, all, and there was three of us at the beginning. So we were, there was always going to be a labor and a bricklayer. So that, that, that helped us. If it maybe if it's just, if you're the solo owner, you're, you would be more worried. It's like, I'm just going to teach this kid and then he's going to leave me, right? Then I'm going to have to start again. For us, we always had that benefit, right? We always had both of us or all three of us. So it, we never really cared if we taught them and they left. But then it, it, for us, it's, for me, myself, it was rewarding. I, I like seeing these kids come out and learning and trying, and even if they decide to be a mason or not, you know, like I, I think it's cool. And it, it, it keeps us young, right? Keeps us in touch with of course. the new generation. Yeah. And like for me too, I also do it for my son. Like I eventually going to try, I'm not going to, see, that's the thing. Masonry is so hard. I'm going to teach him the trade, but I'm not sure I want him to do the trade. See, yeah. that's that's an old, like, how young are you, man? Uh, 42. Yeah, I figure you guys are younger than me. How young are you? 38. Yeah, so it's like, it's interesting that you're saying that about your own kid, right? Where you had a lot of, like, my dad's generation, like, that they didn't want their kids to get into the trade. They worked hard, came from a different country, immigrated here, and then this was the only work at that time, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, that's all it was. So it's like you jump right in, you do the work. But then once they did that and they put all their kids through school and they took care of their kids and paid off for the weddings and everything like that, they didn't want their own children to get into this. That's a stigma too, attached to the younger generation looking at this trade as a stigma as well too. So it's kind of interesting that you're just saying that. Like I would encourage them to get into a trade, just try it. Just try it. Definitely, yeah. but maybe I'm not sure if it'd be masonry. But Joe brings up a really good point, which is a valid argument that you're only going to learn stuff that you're going to need in your own house. Yeah. Like the amount of stuff that you guys can fix in your own house that you, I, I catch myself all the time. I was like, I'd never pay anybody to fix this yeah. because I could do it myself. Right. <laughs> Even though I'm crossing the lines between you plumbers and the electricians and the HVAC, <laughs> I can still do certain things. Or I, I can do a little bit of brickwork and change a lintel or add a lintel. I can do a bunch of stuff, even though you're not supposed to. But I know how you do, you're supposed to do it so then it's done. Because I've had my conversations and I've, and I've actually worked with masons. Right. So I know what it is, but I'm not technically, you know, the, the check marks. Right. But that's what I mean is like if, as a kid, you get into trades, you will absorb this knowledge. Mm-hmm. That benefits your house. And you can't be scared. Like, no. that's the thing is, like, can't be scared to try it and make mistakes. And that's part of life. And go for it. Go for it. Especially at your own house, honestly. Yeah. Like, you try it at your own house. That's what you, you experiment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, now I'll pay somebody. <laughs> now yeah. now I'll pay somebody. Before, fi- before <laughs> fire starts. Can you or come and fix this? <laughs> <laughs> now I'll pay somebody. <laughs> All right. So, hang on. Let me do I got to do finally a shout out. So, Joe... Uh, from JR Windows, I'm wearing his tee. I, I wear a different person's tee every time I do a show. So, Joe, thanks so much. And then uh, we're talking to Ronald and Eric here, ERS Masonry Limited. Email is e.r.s.masonry at hotmail.com. And on Instagram, it's e.r.s.masonryltd. Uh, let me do one other shout out. I got to do it to Tim. Tim from RVC Homes. Uh, Tim, what's going on? I know he's an avid listener. He actually started listening to the newer shows and then he discovered it's actually a good show. And then he started going right back to the beginning, right? And I actually had somebody else from your way i think he's in london 
uh, electrician and someone told him about the show and he listened to one of the electrical shows and he was like, okay, it's cool. Now he's gone back and he's picking shoes and listening to a lot of the shows and he's like, nobody's ever told me about this show. So thanks so much for finding it. He sent me some messages and he was like, I love this show. It's great. It's wonderful. Man. I wish we had this earlier. So Tim, yeah, I just wanted to do a shout out for uh, Ravine, uh, Ravine View Construction. You can reach him out on his IG, which is RVC underscore homes and his number is 416-671-0170 and his email is info at rvchomes.ca and his website is www.rbchomes.ca and you can obviously listen to his story on this show uh show number 318 all right do we want to call jody sure let's call jody because we have somebody else that we want to call and talk to but she can actually skype she uh we've not set up we can actually stop or how do you want to do it Hello, Jody Cherney. Oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> she can't hear me, so she can hear you. Hi, Jody. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're actually doing the podcast now, and okay. I just got you on my cell phone on speaker. Okay. Do I sound okay? You sound great. Can you hear me, Jody? I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we literally have you on a, on a speaker phone, just attached to a mic, and he's just holding it there. So obviously, <laughs> these guys—they spoke highly of you before we got started. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, guys. We, we wanted, yeah, we wanted to. So, welcome to the show in, informally, I guess. But uh, we'll eventually get you on the show because they've spoken so much about you. I'd love to have you on the show. Oh, great! That yeah. would be great. So, do you want to let the listeners know exactly? So, you're attached to OYAP. Uh, I'm a secondary high school teacher at Sir Wilfrid Laurier Secondary School here in London, um, and I am basically um, kind of a booking agent for OYAP. Yes, so. I connect students that are in my co-op program to the OYAP program to get them started. And how's that challenge? Um, you know, it's a lot of uh, kind of breaking it down into small steps for students because the OYAP program in itself seems very overwhelming, but it's very, very simple. And it's just kind of the next step for kids that they're just really not ready for at this point. So. I think if we simplify it, and I think I, 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 I walk students through it one step at a time and show them how simple it is, then they feel like they're, they're on a good path, I guess. So that's a bit of a frustration because the system itself is a bit cumbersome. Um, Are the students asking to speak with you? Are they, because I know that we recently saw Mike Rowe, he was talking on a podcast and he was saying how an entire generation was educated not to even look at traits. And it, right. was, it was a really bold statement for him to say, but it was actually a, a truth, a true statement yes. for him to say. And so yes. I, I know from speaking to other schools here in the Toronto area, this is not a conversation. Like it's not brought up or as, as an option for kids to go in and into a guidance counselor, or go into a teacher and go, listen, I'm interested in a trait. And, right. and have any kind of information attached to that. We, I remember myself when I was in high school, a long, long time ago, uh, that, you know, when you had pamphlets for other kinds of careers and there wasn't trades really there. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, but we're being bombarded in the media about it right now. Um, and I think this current government is putting a lot of emphasis on a social media campaign um, on various different platforms like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, kids are seeing that there are vacancies in these fields and they are good paying. Um, and to be honest, it costs so much money to go to college and university right now 
kids just are really pressing pause on the whole idea of finishing high school and then jumping into a committed college or university program because they just need to make money. Their parents don't have money to send them, um, especially new immigrants and first-generation uh, immigrants. Um, and we have a lot of those. Like, there's a high, high uh, population of newcomers that have come here and really, really want an opportunity to make money. Is the government, is it, are they making it easy for these immigrants to actually get into the workforce? For students, I would say for kids in high school, it's pretty easy. Okay. Um, their parents, I don't have exposure to what's happening with them. Um, but for any student registered in high school, it's very easy to jump into a trade right now. Um, it's it's very easy. All you have to do is sign up for a co-op, and if you get me and my colleagues as, as teachers, we register students as Ontario Youth Apprentices. So we do all of that paperwork through the Ministry of Labor while they're in high school. Okay. So they don't have to walk into like the Ministry of Labor um, offices and do that themselves. Plus, it doesn't cost them. So it, as a high school student, it doesn't cost you any money. And I think it's $60 if you are an adult. Um, so the Board of Ed covers that cost. So they take care, we take care of all of the paperwork and all of the signing on. And all they have to do is just work. So it's pretty easy for a kid to do that. What's the business owner, Jody, have to do? What's the extent? Because I remember when I first got... Uh, a kid, uh, I actually asked the OEAP um, assistant or a rep or what have you, they filled it out because when he first showed it to me, it was almost right. the size of a phone book, right? It was yes. absolutely insane how much paperwork as well. But he literally filled it out. He, he, he got it all started for me and then, I, right. and then I signed off. And the unfortunate thing is the kid that started with me only lasted a day. He just uh, had, he had enough, and it wasn't even a hard day. It was a simple day, but I was <laughs> I was disappointed because he was interested in being on my site, and then it only lasted a day. So, but that happens. That happens in real life when you're hiring oh, somebody. Sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, well, I think Ronald could probably tell you uh, how easy it is because I have just sort of presented a student, and I said, "Here you go. Do you want this kid to work?" And they just have spent the last four months working together. So, um, it does appear to be very simple for employers. All they have to do is, you know, invite a student onto their job site and then um, afford the time to be able to teach them. And what's great about uh, Ronald's business is that he has a team of people that doesn't mind having young kids hanging around and, um, and they see the value of young people being on the job site. And I would say that time is money Yep. And I recognize the fact that, you know, to take an extra couple of minutes out to teach someone does take time and that does cost money. And let's be honest, um, businesses want to make money. But if you get a company that just really likes kids and really wants kids on the job site, then it's a win-win situation. They get free labor. We do all the paperwork and we take care of all of the registering behind the scenes and we just let the kids be kids and work and do the best they can for employers. And that's what wins. So outside of the kids having the passion and the interest to get into a trade, let alone get into one of the difficult trades as masonry, what else are you looking for? When you see a kid in your school, is, is it primarily focused on personality? Are you trying to fit characters together, people's personalities together that you know that this kid will do really well with Ronald? 
Or Ooh, that's do- a really good question. Um, so I've been doing this job for, I hate to say, like over 20 years. And one of the biggest indicators of success is blending personalities. Perfect. If I see a student that I think would match a personality to a certain um, employer, then I, I, I can recognize the win. Um, because some kids are tougher and some kids are softer. Some kids are outgoing and some kids talk a lot. Some kids are quiet. So when you have personalities that just um, are different, and teenage personalities are all over the map. So when we match students with employers, I really do try and play the match game um, because that really does indicate success. Like, even when I matched my current student with Ronald, I basically sized up my student in the first couple of days, and I said, I know you want to look at a bunch of traits right now, but I think I have a group of guys that I think you would really fit in with. And then we went from there. And he, my student was very interested in just being around people that he could really like being around for the day. And um, I think... That's important, yes. So if you've got an employer that's interested, I guess, in your area, because there's different people, there's different Jodies all over the place that are handling the OEAP program all over yes. Ontario, right? Um, yes. if, if an employer right now is listening, they're interested in it, um, they would contact you in that area and they would like, listen, I'm interested in, because I'm, I can only assume that you've got a Rolodex, a huge Rolodex of businesses of different trades. Uh, so then you can look at the kids and figure out who's going to be great for who. That's right. And, you know, the one I, I was thinking about this before, um, like when Ronald re- reached out to me, and one of the hardest things is getting employers to take students. And I know I hear all the time about how we want to encourage kids to get into the skilled trades. I, as a co-op teacher, really need employers to step forward. I really, really need employers to kind of reach out. The easiest way to do that is to call your local schools. And to call the school and say, can I speak to the co-op teacher? I'd love to have a student. And then it takes off. So if employers are just, you know, wanting to, to welcome a student, they really, really should reach out to schools in their neighbor, neighboring um, areas and then get the ball rolling. Because we need them to be able to step up in order. I can't know everyone. I can't know everyone, and I can't cover the entire geography of London, which is where I'm from. Um, I can look on Instagram. I can rely on students, you know, talking to friends and neighbors and family. But if employers step forward, that makes all the difference in the world. I just had a thought, and I lost it. Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to add something. Oh, man. So you've been doing it for 20 years, Jody. And, yes. and, and just like, okay, so these kids, uh, oh, this is what I was going to ask you. This is totally what I was going to ask you. Is it, okay, are there always kids waiting to get on a job site? Yes. There's always, so it, the pool never empties. The pool never empties. And there are even more right now. Wow. More than ever. And I bet Every you a lot of business school, don't even realize that. Well, that's true. Every school, I would say, in all of Thames Valley, there's a co-op program in every school. And not every school has uh, um, co- uh, very comprehensive tech programs. So when we're talking about skilled trades, you know, typically you think about construction, um, uh, machining, 
automotive, uh, and like in those fields, food service um, industry. Not every school has courses that offer that, but there are co-op programs in each of the schools, and the the, the teachers, the co-op teachers, are working really, really hard to kind of meet the kids that come in the door, and then send them into the community. So it's there, they are there, and there's now more than ever. My program at my school, um, in the last two years, I increased my total number of classes in increments of two. So two years ago, I had eight lines. This year, I had 10, and I could have had 14 for next year. Um, so the programs in every school are growing. It sounds like you guys are doing a lot more. You guys gaining more traction outside of the Greater Toronto area because I just I don't hear as I don't hear as positive in this in in our area. That's that's interesting that you say that because I feel like um, I don't know what's happening in other parts of the province, but there's tremendous growth happening in London right now, yeah. and the the industries are looking for laborers. Um, so I would think that that would be happening in the city as well. Um, I think it's actually the word. I think it's the other end, Jody. I think that, and, and, and Ronald and, and Eric actually brought it up earlier on the show. They were talking about everybody's trying to get to the end point. They're trying to become the bricklayer right away instead of spending the time to learn the business and be that laborer. And that's, that may very well be true. And maybe people want a fast way to fast fast cash, I guess, but I don't necessarily see that from my students. They're, they're coming out very, very green and very immature and very highly impressionable Okay, are my students. And they understand quite clearly that they have to start somewhere. And the message I've been focusing on for students is, you know, I know you're just coming out of COVID and I know you want to think about what do you want to do with your future, but if you select a trade, you're working towards a future and that, that time is not wasted. It's not an entry level retail job. These are high paying, um, high potential opportunities that you will put yourself on the right path towards. And then kids like to hear that. Oh, okay. Well, actually that's a good idea. If I'm working towards something, then it means something. Okay. I'll do that. They're very I like highly impressionable. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to, pr to, to, to present it to them. I, I was curious about other ways, Jody, about how do you prepare the business owner and how do you prepare the kid? Do you even bother bringing up stereotypes, I guess, of the construction industry? Or um, I think business owners, and Ronald can attest to this, probably would speak to this on their own. They're very aware that employees come and go. Yeah. And, you know, some good employees will stay and some know not so good employees will go and that's the reality I have the same in my class some are high achieving some are lazy and some are very ambitious but I think like on the whole I'm very optimistic that we're sending a bunch of kids that also want to go out and work these kids want you know they want cars they want things they want phones and they can't do that without money and they have to work to get the money yeah. so working is the only way to get the money and I really feel like we're really driving it home to students that, okay, don't work, then don't make money. <laughs> it's, it's simple math at that time, it's right? It's really simple math. <laughs> and their parents aren't footing, uh, at least not in my school, like I don't, I have come from a very multiculturally diverse school, not, not a hugely affluent school, um, incredibly, you know, 
work, work-driven students, and they all know that they're going to have to work to get something. Um, w- one last question for you, Jody. Uh, how are the parents? Um, to be honest, parents that I've had contact with in the OYAP program are very supportive of their son or daughter because their kids are happy. Okay. So those are the, those are the parents I spend the most time with because they're taking their kids to signing nights. They're taking their kids to OYAP exit, um, nights. So they need to know how to, you know, how to point their kid in the right direction after co-op with me is finished or their OYAP level one is finished. So they need to know what the next steps are. And they're all on board. But I can't really speak to just general co-op students because we don't necessarily have that much involvement with parents of the general population. Okay. Um, I was just curious. Was, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jody. I mean, I definitely I'll connect with you so I can get you on the show and we can just do a whole show about what you guys are up to out there and, and the kids and talk about the program and hopefully educate a lot of uh, tradespeople here that have businesses that are interested in bringing on kids. I'd love to do that. Always yeah. happy to talk about kids and their successes. And thank thanks you. for having me. I really oh, appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you. It was Ronald's one who suggested it. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much for digitally meeting you uh, i have no idea what you look like or whatever but we're talking <laughs> so it's funny how this world works but if we can six degrees ba- kevin bacon this thing and we get more kids into the industry i'm all for it so hey i am as well so ronald if you want to give my contact information yeah. uh forward then that would be great i'm all happy to do that i will for sure jody thank you thank you jody okay. thank you so much okay thanks you too take care okay bye bye Imagine this, you're working on a construction project and accidentally damage a client's property. Without insurance, you could be held responsible for the repair costs. And what about unforeseen accidents that can happen on a job site? Construction projects come with their fair share of risks. If a third party gets injured, you could be facing medical expenses, legal fees, and even potential settlements. But with construction liability insurance, those expenses are covered, saving you from a significant financial burden. Every construction professional needs a margin of safety and a solid backup plan for when things go wrong. So if you're a general contractor, renovation expert, or a construction professional, don't leave your business vulnerable. Nail down the low-cost construction liability insurance you need and get a certificate of insurance quickly by getting a free quote now by visiting zensurance.com forward slash save 35. Zensurance is Canada's leading source for small business and construction liability insurance. It's like a radio show. (laughs) It's like having callers, man. I was actually, it was interesting she was bringing up the numbers because I actually had some numbers here that I wanted to share. Uh, As of August of 2022, they did Stats Canada was talking about um, July employment uh, report uh, revealed a record 300,000 Canadians had retired over the past 12 months. So the year of 2024, basically half of 2021 and 2022, uh, 300,000 Canadians retired up nearly 30% from the previous year. So the the thing is July 22 uh, labor force survey LFS reported that nearly 150,000 people in the 55 to 64 age group had retired in the past year, up nearly 50% from the last summer. Uh, The last of the baby boomers turning 55, that was three years ago. Right. So it's not surprising that many uh, construction workers in their mid to late 50s would consider transitioning to other industries or scale back their involvement in the industry to something more in line with part time work. So in 2022 to 2027, Build Force forecasted. Uh, they released a study in uh, March. They're predicting that 156,000 156, workers are expected to retire during that five year period. 
but there's no talk about replenishing that period, that, that, that group of people, right? That's the, the scary part. So basically approximately 13% of the 2021 labor workforce is gone for the next year, each year for the next five years. Wow. That's insane, right? So, I mean, and then Stats Canada reported that there's a new high of 1.4, uh, one, sorry, 1.541 million workers employed in the construction industry as of July. I've always heard that number. So it's actually, it was always thought it was 1.3. So it's good that it's gone up to 1.4 now. And that was July of last year. So it's actually up by 9.3%. So that's actually nice to see that the construction force is actually growing to 1.4. So hopefully in the next five years, we can try to, I don't know how, but with the help of Joe and Jody and things like that, other people, right? Get it to 2 million people. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to have okay. Canada, a country of almost 40 million, have 2 million construction-related workers, right? Uh, and that's actually, so 9.3% up. And then uh, the last little, this will put a greater pressure on the immigration to backfill. So that's, it's funny that Jody brought that up, is that that's where a lot of, I guess, political parties are looking at right now, trying to get the immigrant workforce to come in and streamlining that process but the unfortunate thing that in the same breath they're talking about how we need to be looking at our own backyard why are we not growing our own workforce right here in this backyard instead of just looking at the immigrant population coming into this country right Mm -hmm. so these are all challenges for the construction industry i think that's what we're trying to do though is trying to encourage these kids to stay in the trades like and jody with help with jody and joe send us the kids Uh, if you have a bunch of kids send them to us and the Benefits. There's t- the thing is that I I know, especially with small crews, masonry crews, they're probably hesitant to get have a co-op kid because they they're worried about it safety reasons, right? You can't you you, you don't want to be babysitting and you're worried they're going to get hurt and go through that stuff. But since there's two of us, there's always one guy watching them, so we always send us a well, couple. You guys, are, first of all, construction watches each other. Like I, 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 like I could be a fly on the wall and look at a framing crew, look at a roofing crew, look at a brick crew, look at everybody. You may not think that they're not looking at each other, but they're watching each other, right? True, true. It, ain't, it ain't necessarily always just a skill set. They're watching each other for the safety side of things because true. nobody wants to have that day on the site. Nobody wishes it on anybody. It doesn't matter if they're a bad builder or they're a shoddy builder. Nobody wishes that. Nobody wishes that someone does not go home. Right, so I think that they're right. watching each other. I back. think, and that's a good reason for people not to be hesitant for yeah. that reason. Just take a kid on. I think it's more the the business side, and the I'm going to teach this kid everything, and he's going to take off. Yeah, and I'm like, get rid of those two business. What if he actually makes your business better? That's why I asked you guys if it was actually better. Did it grow? Hundred percent. Because I think it will grow. Yeah, the opportunities there definitely, especially if you're a small crew. These kids are coming out with those soft skills now. Jody and Joe and these high schools are doing a great job teaching these kids, hey, like how to drive a skid steer or back holes, like regular tools. I know how to wreck a skid steer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. Like like you're saying, it's like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. So you got to learn, right? It's like these kids got to make mistakes. And then they That's how you learn. Exactly, exactly. And if you don't do it, then... A lot gonna, of it has to do know. with the mentor. A lot of it has to yeah. do with the teacher. That, that the kids have to, and, and Jody brought up a really good point. It's the personalities. Like you have to pair people up with the right people. Not everybody's going to get along with everybody. <laughs> Not everybody likes me and I don't care about it, right? <laughs> Q's over there. It's just like, that's just how it is. But there's a lot of people that do like me and we get along and we have great conversations and then all of a sudden we better the industry, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with business, trying to connect the young with the old. But also, I love, and I've always said this, is that I'll listen to a kid on his first day or I'll listen to the old man on his last day. 
someone always has a good idea. It doesn't matter what day yeah. it is. If it's your yeah. first or yeah. last, that's just construction. And that's a huge, like you, th- these kids come are coming with ideas. They're coming from a different generation. You know, they're, they're going to have better ideas. Yeah. We, our, 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 our trade is old and like <laughs> coming up with an idea. I used to be like that. And I still am like thinking, how am I going to better this trade? How am I going to be- better that scaffold? What can I come up with? You know, you become this like MacGyver of some sense, right? And these kids are going to do that. They're going to bring that. So you should be encouraged to bring kids on. I, we, we've had the best experience and we, we will keep doing it. We, we recently did a, a plumbers podcast and uh, a roundtable, and we had four experienced plumbers here, right? One on the ultra high end. Well, I'm, I'm at Sam. He's been in the business almost 40 years or whatever. But uh, I, he's a youngin' to me. Uh, and the other guys were all like 10 years and a little bit less, right? And um, they spoke highly about the only benefit that they use social media for is the networking aspect of it, actually speaking to their fellow trade and picking their brain or discussing or possibly even working with each other's. But the thing is each other, but the thing is you guys do the same. Brickies are very, you guys are passionate to the point that you'll notice other bricklayers out there and discuss things and talk about things because there's so much evolution going on in bricklaying right now. Back in the day, it was like a short selection of bricks that you could use for a job or whatever. Now it's completely changed, right? Yeah. 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 So you guys do that networking kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a group on Facebook actually is our, heard the raise the f and line i think it is okay it's a great group like there's <laughs> yeah, oh yeah <laughs> i love that that's it's, a good name it's, had to figure it out for a bit there what a stand what a stood <laughs> no for. you know what you have to say it in portuguese then i knew what you were saying yeah. <laughs> or in italian right <laughs> it's such a great group i think they have that 30 50 wow. thousand followers and because uh, that that statement means anything everywhere around the world Exactly. Like just everybody can translate that statement, right? Yeah. If you're a brickie, it doesn't matter where you are. Oh yeah, totally. People are gonna check it out now. Okay. Oh, and oh. I, I've gone oh. on there and getting so uh, getting information myself. I, um, like pricing. Some guys are asking about pricing and just getting workers, getting employees, and just all kinds of stuff. That's yeah. It's been it's been interesting. That like and that's what social media is good good for, right? Like I wouldn't be. I think that's. That, well, it doesn't matter where it's from, so but you, but you're using it for business purposes. Yeah, right. That's the thing yeah. about it. It's like I, you quickly learn about, um, I guess, don't absorb feed. So then you just go on social to get the content because you're using it for a purpose. You're not just there wasting time flicking feeding it. Flicking, no, no. Right? Like, honestly, don't do we, we don't do a lot of marketing. We we've been so fortunate that we just word of mouth. Our 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 last job is our best marketing, right? And Instagram has been a great marketing tool. Yeah. Like, and we've gotten so many jobs of Instagram, just posting our, our work, posting our work. And like, somebody's messaging us, hey, can you uh, do my next house? Like, sure, you know, like it's that we, it, it is, it does come in handy. Like, you could, if you use it for the, the right way. Then it's like, it's, yeah. it's like any tool. Yeah. You know, so are you guys seeing, I, I don't, you guys can tell me this, but I don't see new bricklaying kids leaving for an extra dollar for somebody else's crew. I don't see that happening, or do they do that? Yeah, we yeah. Just, we, we, we've had that. And that's really? The thing for a dollar? I see it with the mechanical three. I see it for no, plumbers, electricians, and, and HVAC. It's, it's also patience, though, and also that person was able to get put on the wall right away. So it's not necessarily the money, but it was, like, opportunity, too. But we have had co-ops kids. Like, we've, we had a co-op kid train them where one of he was the youngest kid we've thrown up there as as a, as a bricklayer we're like this kid's got potential 
He's on the line. He was uh, he was uh, going to be on the line, and then he came up to us probably like a year after we started training them. Yeah, and he's like, "We got an opportunity for more money." We're like, "What's more money?" We we didn't ask. I would be asking. We didn't ask because <laughs> no, no, and, no, and the thing ask. is that we start we start our our laborers four or five dollars above minimum wage because it's like such, and we always have. It doesn't matter what minimum wage is. This is a tough job. So this is where you're going to start. So whatever that was after above that is we're not, we just, we're teaching you and like you. So and there's a lot to be taught here. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. not going to get it in the first year. No, no, no. It takes a while. So with oh yeah, you guys have them for a full year, one year. It's or? all just one semester. One semester. One semester. Yeah. So one semester, four months or whatever. Four months. Yeah. Four okay. Months. And yeah, then at that point, you can decide whether or not to hire the person. Yeah. And yeah. then you give them, you offer them a rate or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. And what's happening recently is just we're finding a lot of these kids are keeping our part time. So we we we've we changed our mentality for for a bit now, and we've just hired them part time. They tell us what hours they want to work. Sure, show up. Why do you think they're asking for part time? Well, that's a good question. They are actually keeping their other job. So and because your other job's also being competitive, like at yeah. the grocery store or at, the, at a restaurant. We just had a, a kid who work at, works at the restaurant, and they're paying him well. And we asked him how much he's getting. We're like, wow! And like, keep both. Yeah. Like, keep both. Work Smart. here. Work here. And that's the thing about these kids is like they're not lazy. They're just different. And if you, when you figure that out, and you figure out how you can work with them, and how you can teach them, and adapting to that kind of stuff, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Like, let, let them come part-time. If they can give you three days, 100%, why do you need them seven days? At, you know, two days, 100, the other day, 80, the other day, 70. You don't. As an employer, you got to learn to adapt and you use them as uh, when they want to work. Does it bother you guys that they're looking at that as an option, that they're... No, it's like the, what's happening. It's but, on it, it, but it still helps you as a business owner, right? Yeah, I think I think it comes from the experience of like doing the co-op uh, for so long, and like having so many kids. Like you learn. Like again, we learn how to welcome the new student. Like we're like, okay, you know what? This was our approach last time, and then the new student, you know, right away, it's like, okay, well, we we adapt to them. So that that part time part is like, okay, well, this is where we're gonna get. Again, there's not a lot of people that want to do it. The labor part. So when you have somebody that wants to do it, it's like, okay, let's make it work. And I think that's what we've been focused on. It's like, okay, they want to come two, three days. Let's do it. Get another kid for two, three days, the opposite days. So and then we still always have at least that person to help us. And it works for us. Well, right now it's working. Yeah, it's been working. That's totally different than the way I was taught. Like I was taught you're there six days a week, yeah. weekends, and this is your yeah. life. Yeah. They, don't, they don't think that way. And they're thinking, I want to do this for a short period of time, get my skills and maybe do something else. And that's why... I think they're different, and I've always kind of like agreed with the four-day work week, which is crazy. I think oh, Eric, one hundred percent agree with that. It's with the kids, especially because if you get four days of them, one hundred percent, and they, but they're not, they're not, but I, I've found that they're not going to stay home those other three days. They're no. going to do something else, yep. and that gives them that opportunity to do something else. So it works for especially these new kids. It works for them. Again, we were taught six days, seven days a week. If you're not there on the weekend, I'm possible. You're, you're upset, ahead, right? right? Yeah, but course. now, if I if they're there four days, go do your thing the next three days. Great. I think it works. I think it, w- it would be really successful. And if as an employer, you gotta adapt to that stuff, and you gotta you you can't discourage it, and you can't work against it. You just gotta find what they're looking for, and then you just gotta feed it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's just like if you feed, like I, do you have kids coming on board 
and they're interested in doing more stone masonry? Like, are they, like, fascinated? That's, that's interesting. It's not necessarily bring, the I kid. Bring it, I bring it up because uh, there's a guy I, I just recently found on Instagram, Charlie something, and he does all that original stone carving. So he's chiseling all that stuff. He's a 20-year-old kid doing this stuff. I think wow. he's in England doing this stuff. And I reached out to him. I was going, dude, come on the show, man. I got to talk to you. That's cool. For man. a variety of reasons. But he's literally coping out the stone, the limestone. He's chiseling it out all it's by hand. And like, I, so I, I see a lot of kids wanting to maybe get into that finite kind of detail work instead of just dropping a brick every so often. Are you seeing those kids wanting that? Well, it's not necessarily the kids, but that's kind of the approach we've been taking lately. It's because we've, we've, we've learned that teaching them how to do stone is easier than teaching them how to learn bricks. And mm. you make a little bit more money doing that. So laying brick, you can, it's going to take you time to teach them how to lay that one brick. But a, a stone, you can sit there, lay that stone, level it out, make it 100%. You're making a little bit more money, and then they can move on to the next stone. And it, it, it's actually easier, and we've done that the past couple of years. We've picked up these kids. They don't know how to lay one brick, but they know how to lay stone. And to us, it benefits us. Yeah. It benefits everybody. And it, it, it's interesting because stone is it's, it's really great that way. Well, we lo I, I love stone. No, yeah. Yeah. that's where the, some yeah. artistry. But I'm yeah. not diminishing brick. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Of course. I've seen bad brick work. Like, I've seen really bad brick work. <laughs> I'm sure you guys all have, right? Even I wanted to put a roller on it and just paint it over. And like, this is, I don't want to see this anymore. But, and that's like blasphemy. I don't want to do that. But I, I mean, like, you get these kids that, I guess they see the passion of the brick and that's probably why they want to get into it. And they don't realize that majority of the brick industry business are those long, massive walls that have so many bricks in it that you're just on the line, right? That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, those are your money walls, right? But I know, uh, but every business, every industry, every career, it's not its not always the amazing details that are like at the forefront. you yeah. got to still pay your dues and do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. you got to do that, yeah. And, it's not, and I don't think, I think that's what you actually want as a kid. You kind of want to just lay those bricks and go as fast as you can. I know I was like that. I wanted to lay, how many hundreds of bricks can I lay? They weren't straight. <laughs> and you go back, but that's the you way. Just that, asked to lay. Uh, I was just straight. asked to lay. Hey, get on the wall and just go. Like, you know, every brick is money. So, and I don't know how we got away with it, but hey, that's the way I I, I learned. Yeah. Right. I didn't go to school. I was just oh, that's old school. Get on the wall. You have the passion to do it. Go. And I'm like, I'm going to lay as many bricks as I can. Right. I had to slow myself down after being in business. I'm like, I can't be doing that. I got to slow myself down and don't worry so much about how many bricks we lay. Well, like you said earlier, like your best referral is the last job that you just did, right? Yeah. It has to look a certain way so people can actually drive by and take a look at it, right? Yeah, that's Joe's favorite line, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And I'm wondering, like, I'm sure Joe's gotten into this probably more than Jody, but you guys have probably gotten. I mean, how much outside of brick, you still teaching the kids building. You're still teaching them about building envelope. You're still teaching them about how certain weather elements that are tied to your industry, your trade, that's important. That's on their, their palette, right? They have to take care of that stuff, right? It's not like they see a flapping sheet of, uh, of uh, house wrap and just ignore it and try to stuff it in between the bricks or something like that. No, you, you're still, that's part of understanding the building portion of the actual construction, right? Yeah. So yeah. you guys see, you get a lot of kids asking those kinds of how do you do this? How do you do that? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, why is the sky this way? And all this, like, that's, I mean, but I mean, I've always embraced that. It's just ask as many questions. Oh, ask, we ask, have, we yeah. have. You know, and ask, you can ask whatever you want, but I find when they ask the money question, right, which is fine too, but I, I do, 
encourage like we told when I talked to Joel and Jody like that comes next you know that comes next how much money you make or how much how much are you getting paid per brick I still answer the question right but yeah like I've I, those other questions is like how why are you how do you make those marks you know like how, how you're measuring the wall like that yeah like, keep asking and we encourage them we encourage them 100 percent. the money ones though we're like hey yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, like, you guys still have to refresh my memory to read a bricklayer's mason, uh, measuring tape right like i still have to like literally think about reading that tape measure right it's not it's not easy all the time that's no. that you don't want to show that to a brand new kid because the kid is just like i'm out of here yeah. i'm gonna go bust tables like it's like this is difficult man. even like what our new uh our apprentice he's been with us four years right yeah the great he's such a good kid and that's that's the thing every time we've hired a kid they've been great in their own way this kid is great in his way and i will say this ronald and you and eric i would say this one thing it has something to do with you guys i don't think every kid is absolutely perfect and shows up on site and is a great kid i think there's an element of you guys as business owners and you guys as tradespeople that adds to that I, think, I honestly believe that. I think as we give them what they want to give to us, so it goes. It's reciprocal, right? Yeah. And, and if you if you want to learn and you have a good attitude, we're going to give you that in return. If you don't and you want to do something else, great. But yeah, we do. It goes both ways. You're right. It goes both ways. And this kid has given us time, and he want. And it's crazy because he's six nine. Six seven. Six seven. Whoa. Six yeah. seven. Three hundred. And when he first started, he was 350 pounds. So our hesitation was, how can, how can the scaffold hold this guy? How can like, how can he climb up the scaffold? And the first, at first, he shook everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was scary. Like he's he a big climbed, boy. That's when he was climbing oh, yeah, the scaffold, boy, we're 17 like, years old. He, he, we were. We, how are you going to be a bricklayer? How are you going to get in between the planks and the wall? Like you got to set it up a certain way just for yourself, right? And he stuck to it and. You know what? Recently, he just said one of the coolest things I've heard from like anybody, I think, in a while. He said to me, he's like, I appreciate you guys teaching me. And I was brought up to give my employer my time first before I learn or, I, I, you know, and I was like, that, that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody thinks that way, especially at his age. Yeah. Like, adults don't think that way, you know, now. It's like, I'm going to go to that company and move on. They're not thinking, hey, I want to give that employer a little bit of my time. I'm like, this, kid's, you, this kid's something special. Did you, you ask know? him where he got that from? His parents. His yeah, parents it, it, the there. way he was raised. He yeah. said, I was like, that's the way I was raised. And I think we saw that from him, to be honest. It's like, again, you've seen the kid. He's like, whoa, he's a big kid. And it's like, this is going to be difficult. But you know what? It was his attitude and just the small things that he was doing that it was like, you know what? This, I want to keep giving this guy an opportunity. And he kept showing up and it's just... The little small things that he did that just like, okay, let's keep doing it, keep doing it, keep pushing. And he kept coming back. So it was very easy. It was, again, attitude and what he gave us, we gave back. So it was very simple to us, really. How long has he been in it now with you guys? Uh, Four four years. So he's the one that stuck around for four years. Yeah. Yeah, This is his fourth year. Fourth year, he's just, we just taught him how to lay stone. He knows how to lay stone. He's learning how to lay bricks now. And we were talking about the tape. It's like, I haven't taught him. To, haven't shown him the tape yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't show him. No, no, Don't show that might be too much. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> he was asking me, how, how do I make those marks? I'm like, 
You don't have to worry about yeah, that. Once, once he figures it out, though, he's going to be like, it's magic, man. <laughs> That's what all these numbers are. That's all I know. I know. <laughs> all the, you know, like the, uh, I guess the electricians and plumbers and night track, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. My tape measure's got like two numbers on it. That's all it's got. <laughs> I get it. I understand, man. We haven't even talked about your business itself, but I mean, you guys, why you guys love Brick Lane, man? Oh, man. It's because it's. Why did you choose it, or did it choose well, you? Well, it kind of chose, my personally, myself, it chose, kind of chose me, because my brother was involved, got into it, he married into it, and his father-in-law gave him the opportunity to learn, yeah. and then he started getting all his friends and family in, so at the time I was going to college, I went to college for a year, I was doing insurance, and then I got in debt, I'm like, I don't, I can't, and getting into debt and I don't even know if I want to do this so my brother was in Brick Lane and I'm like he's doing pretty well it's a and it's a hard trade so yeah. I, I decided to pick one of the hardest trades because I thought at the time I will always at least have work if I work hard at it so I just got working with him and then yeah and then after that we ended up going on our own four years later which was hard. That was a hard, and that's why I understand and I know why kids are leaving and how that happens too, right? Like for us, after I got in, Eric got in. Yeah, for me, it was uh, I was in the, I was painting before I started doing that. Uh, Brick Lane started laboring, labored maybe for three months or four months, and I didn't know anything. And I was just again, I knew it was a physical job. I'm a tall guy, so I was like, you know what, I can do this job, yeah. and I liked it. I liked the challenge, so. Started doing it, and then got approached by my brother here, Ronald, and he's like, let's go on our own. And we're like, I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, okay. He's I'm like, I, we can do it. All right, I'm uh, in. <laughs> yeah, and that was so. two, 2008. So our idea at the time, and it was just going to be Eric and I, and we talked to our older brother because we never thought our older brother would leave his father-in-law. So we didn't even, we didn't want it, you know, like Eric and I would do this. And then our older brother's like, yeah, I'll help. He, he actually had knee surgery that spring. Wow. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to come out with you guys. I'm like, really? So one of the hardest conversations was going to our boss at the time and saying, we're, we're going to try this on our own. And at the time, there's lots of work. So we weren't, and we, we approached them. And the way we approached them, we sat them down at the table. I still remember this day. And we said, hey, what we want to do is we want you to work with us and we'll give you a uh, pretty much you're the our estimator you're going to get the work for us and we'll just work and you get a paycheck like and he, he didn't take it obviously because he was already doing that of and I, we didn't understand that to yeah, yeah of it took us a bit to understand that <laughs> yeah. we thought it was like man we're going to pay you we just want to use have our own name you but don't ha you, don't, and you, you don't have to be on the tools anymore yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. just let it, but he was already doing that we didn't realize that at the time we're like we but so that's where our name came from because he was CRS and we decided to be ERS. We wanted to kind of be together, right? Got it. But uh, he did help us out at the beginning. He gave us some houses. Um, but then it slowed down. Like yeah, that was around like 2008, 2009. Yeah, there was a slow down a tiny bit. recession. Yeah. It slowed down hard and we... You guys felt it. We felt it hard. So we thought we had a whole budget... We're going to crush this. Yeah, like we're like, we oh, keep, man, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to crush this. If we keep working the way we're working, we're going to crush it. Then 2009, work slowed down, and we just had to pick up what we could. And honestly, like, I remember our first, one of our first big houses, because we were just doing little small brick houses at that time. That's all I knew. And my older brother kind of knew 
a little bit more, but really that's all we were exposed to at the time. Yeah. And then slow down, those houses slowed down. So now we had to get into bigger houses. I still remember the first time I saw stone. Had no clue. How to do it. Had no clue. I've never never laid it. And no, no, I was no. I was even more in trouble, I guess. Like I said, we're like, now I gotta set up this high <laughs> scaffold. Oh. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and so. all we did we said we decided we we're like, we gotta figure this out. But let's wait till everybody goes home. Yeah, <laughs> so they don't see, and let's figure out this tape. Fair enough. It doesn't matter what time you have to figure it out. You just have to figure it out. Exactly. We said, let everybody go home, yeah. and then we'll stay after 5 o'clock, 5.30, and then we're going to figure it out. And we stayed till 9. Well, that, those first five years we worked. Seven, wow. seven, Long seven, Because we had to figure things out, Yeah. right? And that's how we did it. And we didn't make any money because the pricing was really low. Like, if you're working for 85 cents at this house... That house beside you, if you wanted it, it was 75 cents. Or, yeah, or, or, you, or, or, or you could walk, or you, you don't have it, right? Wow. So no money was made the first five years, which was tough. It was tough for an older brother because he had a family, and he took the risk to come with us, and now he was making less money than he was before. Yeah. So it was like, we, we, had, we had some arguments, and it became like, not, and it's mostly because of that. We weren't making any money. And then it became kind of personal. And we all drove to work in one truck. Oh, that <laughs> yeah, must yeah. have been fun. Man, a lot of time spent together there, you know, <laughs> like waking up in the morning and from six to, six to nine, six to eight every day, Monday to Saturday, sometimes Sundays. You guys knew exactly what the sound of the engine oh, sounded yeah. like every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was tough. And then 10 years after 10 years, uh, my brother's father-in-law asked us, to help him with a hose. And at that time, we had a bunch of guys. We had a big crew. And my older brother, we were like, just go help him. Go help him and then s- come back. And he never came back. <laughs> Which is honestly one of the best things that could happen to yeah, all of us. Yeah. Like, he's doing great. He's got his own company now. Uh, he's bought out his father-in-law. So it's so where everybody... Well, every, everybody's, every, it worked out well. Oh, everybody's yeah. where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And, like, family events now are better. <laughs> yeah, conversation. Yeah. Don't want to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's nice that you guys kept his letter there on the name, right? Of course. Right. Oh, that's yeah. Really that's, nice. that's how we started. That's how we're going to finish. So definitely going to keep it going. I can imagine all the younger guys just starting other businesses and just scratching out that letter, scratching out that letter, <laughs> scratching out that letter. <laughs> like, I see a lot of this stuff. I, it was just it, this, inter- this week has been interesting because I had uh, someone I was chatting with and we're talking about how there's been a lot of takeoff uh, or takeover jobs a lot of gcs are being getting fired for and uh, i was just gonna ask you guys um so these gcs are being fired let go by clients for a particular reason and i'm just wondering if you guys can take a guess on what that reason is and it starts with two letters it's ig they're more focused okay. on presenting themselves as for lack of a better word rock star gcs and they're so focused on their posts they're hardly on the job site, so you're getting these clients reaching out to other GCs going, I need you to take this job over. I'm letting them go because they only care about their posts. They don't care about my job site. And you're getting horror stories like contract was signed in November, and it's June, and they've been on the site once. But they know what they've, where they've traveled to, what they've consumed, what they've done in their personal life. And the client's <laughs> like, aren't you supposed to be on the job site? So you're getting seasoned GCs taking over for the younger generation, which I think is, is I, I know that's happening. I've seen this happening. People care more about that than 
what they look like, how they look like, how they present themselves. And I'm like, man, does everybody forget about the job? And you know what? I remember when IG first came out and we were hesitant. We were like, why do you need this? Right? You just go to work. It's going to take time off you, your tools. Yeah. But the thing is, when we got, when you have the time, you go for it, you know? And I think, actually, you know what's crazy is that I'm the older one, and I'm the one doing more of the posts. He's the younger one. He's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm like, so I have to ask him sometimes, do like, do this. But because he's, like, more old school than me that way. He's like, we don't have time to do that. Come on, man. And I'm like, you know what? But we have to keep it somewhat fun. We have to keep it somewhat fun for everybody, especially the new kids coming out. You know, that's what they see, right? That's how they, they... I know, but if you got GCs showing up and they're wearing certain kind of clothing that's not necessarily workwear attire, and they're carrying a ring light with them, and you know what I mean? It's like, get pull back, man. Either (laughs) become the GC or just become that influencer. Like you have to decide. I don't think you could be both. You have to decide. Yeah, Yeah, you gotta, you got, you gotta focus. Now there's a cause and effect going on. So these guys are being let go. They're like, hey, they're all paid up. They're gone. I need to finish my job. Would you take it over? From somebody that they know will not be consumed by social media. It's a shame. That's which good. is such a shame because now you're somewhat going to get a reputation, especially in certain neighborhoods. If you're working, the word will get out there going, yeah, I hired so-and-so. And then he was never here. All he cared about was the gram. And now I fired him and I hired somebody else that doesn't really care about the gram and focuses on construction. Yeah. So don't miss these opportunities, man. Oh, you got to be first is you got to be the best at your job. Yeah. Just be the best at your job. Make sure your job's going well. Make sure you're so good that you know you have that time to do that other other stuff. That other stuff is extra. Focus on your job. Make sure your job is hundred yeah. percent. Your guys are taken care of. Like that's number number one. If you lose that, that you should be fired. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. Are, are the kids? What is it? You guys are charging by the brick or by the square foot? I get different brick companies that do it differently. <laughs> it depends. You could do either one. Either or, right? Yeah. yeah. So do the kids, when you tell them by the square foot or by the brick, do they just look at that number and go, that's such a small number? No, usually they're pretty impressed. Really? Yeah, yeah they're pretty impressed because they think that's all it is, right? Yeah. And it's like, if I, you know, even if it was a dollar, I could lay a thousand bricks. That's Thousand bucks I can make that day, yeah. But what does it take to lay those yeah. thousand bricks? And lay, like, lay them properly. Lay them lay straight. Them yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like anybody can lay it if you're not going to lay them straight. So you got to look at that. That's why that number, and that's why we always go back. And it's like that's. Don't worry about that number. Don't worry about how many bricks you lay. Learn everything else. Learn everything else. Learn how to labor. Learn how to set up scaffold properly. Learn how to be safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All that will come. That, w- that will teach you how to run your own business eventually. I honestly feel that you guys have a better crop, and I'm not dismissing the kids that are here, but it just feels like, and I, I think it has a lot to do with what Joe mentioned earlier. Um, they're coming from farm kind of hard work ethic families, right? Like the rural kind of things where I've always, I've never heard of a lazy farmer. I've never seen or heard of a lazy farmer. So it's like you wake up early, you do a good j- job and honest work. Yeah. They travel over to the trade industry and they do the exact same thing, if not better, right? Yeah. So it is, yeah, that's true. Like, but we get kids from it all, all around the city. Everybody's got potential. Yeah. Everybody's got potential, and you gotta you gotta work on their potential. See what they're strong at. 
That's that's the most important part. I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm gonna. Connect, thank you so much. I'm gonna connect with Joe and Jody there and get them on the show. We'll talk more yeah. about their programs and, and things like that because I want to dive more into what's going on and making it easier for trades or businesses to get the kids on board, right? Yeah. And I love that she said the personality connection, right? That's really important. Yeah, that's what she's good at, right? Yeah, and she can find that. So it's like that's a big part of it. If you're sending a kid that it's not interested, it's gonna be harder. Yeah, like we we've had that we've had that like I mean yeah, kids yeah. that don't have a good attitude and all that stuff. But again, it's like you take it in and then you see how they are. They might be different with us, you know what I mean? Give them a chance, give them an opportunity. Maybe they need to be out there and be with somebody a little bit similar. And then, but what they're doing now and like kind of seeing what kind of people they are before they send them out, what kind of kids they are, that's definitely going to help one hundred percent from experience. It will definitely. But the, sorry, these te- Joe is also it dep- like Jody was. Uh, she she's grew up in a farm, so she knows what hard she work. Like, yeah, yeah, she gets it. She knows like okay, well, masonry is a tough job, so I gotta find that certain kid, right? And Joe is same. He 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 grew up in the trades and he had his own business, so he knows. But yeah, like you got you got to feel that out too, right? You get a lot of business owners that will say that these kids are un- they're unteachable. And I'm like, true. I don't, I don't believe that. I can't, I can't, I, I don't think I could ever la- label any kid or any adult unteachable. I think that you just have to find the right teacher for the kid or the adult, right? Exactly. And it's That's true. It like is. what Jody said, they're impressionable. And it's true. Like they come and they expect s- certain things, you know, expect the money, expect to be bricklayers right away. But if you slow them down and you sit them down and talk to them and say, hey, this is the way we operate. Yeah. You might not go to school that year. Because you need to be a laborer. You got you to gotta learn how to mix mortar. You know how to do... And that can take a little bit before. And if you slow them down, they uh, that will help them. I'm not saying it's going to make them stick around forever, but it does help them slow it down a bit. I got a funny little story to share just before we get into the 12 questions of construction. Uh, I had a tile guy. He recently was asked by a client to do a stone fireplace, veneer. So I'm of the mind... You guys should handle that, not necessarily a tile person, right? But by all means, learn, right? So he did a good job. He installed all the stone veneer, right? It's great. Now he's got to do the joints. So <laughs> he calls me up and he goes, am I supposed to use St. Mary's type N for the mortar joints? And I was like, yeah, you could, Kay. right? He goes, it's really powdery. Like, uh, like, how do you mix this stuff in? I was going, dude, straight on, part sand. Like, that's just the cement part of it you need the sand part of it what are you talking about i was at mason's and they told me i just need this type n i go well you didn't explain exactly what you're looking for and he just gave you the one component of a two component mixture and he goes but isn't there a pre-mixed stuff i was asking and it was just funny to have this i'm not i'm not laughing at him i just thought it was kind of funny that i can imagine his hand opening up the type n taking it out. i go this is really powdery <laughs> Every other trade doesn't understand what we're talking about, but all the brickies are understanding what we're talking about. <laughs> and it's like, it's really powdery. Like, I don't think this is going to stick in there, right? <laughs> so funny. I said, go back and ask for the pre- pre-mix. Mix. Yeah. What you're used to. Yeah, <laughs> just use that, add water, and that's it. And remember how much water you put into it so then it can stay consistent. Yeah. And, that, and you'll be perfectly fine. But I, I encouraged him to try it out and do it, but I thought it was a funny, funny story. That's so. funny that, you know, we used to do that, like, my buddies and I, my brother, we used to rip on each other all the time about certain little things that we used to do like that, right? But we find ourselves not doing that as much anymore with these kids. 
You think they're too sensitive? Well, it's a that's nice a joke, though. That's the thing. Sometimes we debate it. It's like, it's our fault they're going to be sensitive if we don't expose them to that. You the know, w- like the wood stretcher? Yeah, the brick stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a brick stretcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the truck. truck. It's deep it's like in the back of the truck. You're asking for a bigger, bigger measurement. He's like, I don't, how am I supposed to? Just give me that stone. I think it's all done out of fun. You should keep it up. No, keep you, it light. Keep it light. Yeah, yeah. 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 But don't, don't, yeah, don't lose that stuff. We shouldn't lose that like, stuff. Don't bring you know? your eggshells into the job site and just worry about what you're going to say yeah. or how you're going to say it. It's like it. A joke's a joke still. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to get into the terrible stereotypical Ooh. jokes and start yeah. you know whatever you know like uh, immigrant and italian and a portuguese coming <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need to get into that world if you want but it's up to you yeah. ronald and eric thank you so much uh e.r.s masonry limited email is e.r.s dot masonry at hotmail.com and our ig it's e.r.s dot masonry ltd you guys ready for the 12 questions yeah can we uh alternate Oh, yeah, totally. I'm going to ask you both of you guys, right? So we'll just go one question at a time. Ready? Uh, what is your favorite construction word? Uh, stone. Stone. For both of you guys? Yeah. yeah. What's, <laughs> what's <laughs> your least favorite construction <laughs> word? I thought one guy would say stone, one brick, or something <laughs> like that, right? Lentil. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, raining. Mother nature, eh? She's not a bricklayer. No. <laughs> both? Yeah. Oh, well, we, we actually decided on these questions okay yeah so we came up with it we oh so you guys it. came okay yeah. all right i didn't know that normally i have both oh, of, no, but if no, you okay. guys if you guys had a little chat no problem what turns <laughs> you on in construction guys uh the final product yeah the the end the, uh, end, the, the end results beautiful result. when it's straight yeah. <laughs> yeah. what turns you off in construction uh the job site being dirty like dirty yeah. unorganized yeah nothing like stepping on a broken piece of brick and steel toes and Having that funny tweak. It turns you off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? We haven't sworn up a bit on this show, but it's up to you guys. Jabroni. <laughs> That's our <laughs> word. That's been our word for a very, very long time. <laughs> what, I don't think anybody's used that one for that one. I think it's the first time. What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Uh, we went cla- uh, old old car. Uh, Dodge Charger. The Toretto's car. From Fast and Furious one. You know that old with, one. With the tail or without the tail? No, he had the no. Challenger, was it? No, I, yeah, I don't know. The I thought he had a Charger. From the first movie. Charger, I think. The Charger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong 1970s. That. Now that idiot's lifting cars up with one hand. I can't watch this crap anymore. <laughs> What's your least favorite car? It'd be any small car. I just don't find use for it. There is no use for it at <laughs> I've all. I've had a guy try to feel, uh, fit a wheelbarrow in like his Fiat or something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually put a few things, like he showed it to the in side. I'm like, yeah. No, it was no, a was it, uh, that's, was it a, no. If it's oh, a Fiat that's got the roof rack, he could at least put the wheelbarrow no, on he, top. No, what, what was it? Uh, it started with a P, I think. Was it a P? I don't know. I don't remember, it but it was a really oh, small. Oh, Prius. It Prius. was a Prius. <laughs> he put, in a he Prius? put, he put uh, a barrel, like okay. a water barrel, like one of those big water barrels in there. He put, yeah, he just, just he made it in there And we're like, oh, he you brought it in your car? Good for you, man. <laughs> that's commitment. <laughs> yeah, you figured it out. What construction sound or noise do you guys love? Uh, hammering... The hammering of a, sorry, hammer hitting the chisel on the stone. On the stone. Just sounds, that at, one, at one point we had like all, like three kids just doing it. Oh, here's ding, ding, ding. It's like, it's nice that was actually. nice. It's <laughs> a really nice sound. It is. What uh, construction sound do you guys hate? The quick cut. Loud. I know. Uh, what profession other than your own would you guys like to attempt one day? Uh, maybe a teacher. Teacher? You guys are already doing that. 
Everybody does kind of, yeah. trades, right? Teacher. Uh, what profession would you guys not like to do? <laughs> and I think anything that involves like sitting down and an office job, I think it, yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah, tough. Yeah. But that's coming from us. We work outside, you know. So it's like in the winter time, I might change my mind. <laughs> it's harsh winters here, but you guys got a tent with propane gas, and you just can't smoke, right? That's all. Yeah. Well, you can, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? We have enough bricks to finish the job, guys. Nice. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much, man. I'm so glad that Sarah connected us and we got chatting. And then when I first chatted with you, we were talking about you wanted to speak to Joe and Jody. And I was like, that was great to connect them with them. And I'll get them on the show and we'll have a further conversation. So Yeah, thanks. It's been awesome. Thanks for, to Sarah. She's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. She's, oh, she's out by you guys, right? So yeah. you guys work with her all the time, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So everybody check them out again one last time. E.r.s Masonry Limited and the email is e.r.s.masonry at hotmail.com and on Instagram it's e.r.s.masonry Limited and Eric's the one's hand. No, no, you're the handling the IG, the social. Yeah, yeah. I get you I get to told. It's like, oh nice pictures. I'll say it's not me. Because <laughs> I'm not the one because I'm in it most I'm not in it most of the time. So they're like, Oh, you must be posting it. I'm like, No, no, it's not. He doesn't like it. I'm like I was like I got to put a hat on, you know, I got to, I don't know. I just like, Oh, the whole safety thing. <laughs> uh, they're paying attention. That's the unfortunate thing. Ministry of Labor is always paying attention. So somebody, somebody's, that's, the, that's one of the things that comes with that, always watching. The best, of, always best watching. advice I ever had somebody on the show once tell me was, he was telling me that CRA pays attention to people's social media. Because if they're filing a tax return and then they're living a high life on Dubai and going to Maldives yeah. or all this other stuff, they're like, wait a minute, your tax return is not reflective of what you're okay let's investigate now yeah, yeah. but no you guys are doing a great work thank you so much man can't wait to have you guys back on and really appreciate you guys what you're sharing here so it's all good and good luck with the kids so you got a kid right now or you got you're gonna get another kid soon uh Copian? yeah yeah we have two right now and okay. actually what's interesting and we can probably talk about it next time is we're gonna get our first female co-op oh, that's right you mentioned it before yeah we we're gonna get a yeah. f- uh, young lady wants to do masonry she's gonna start in july and that was through jody that she found that was through yep. jody yeah wow yeah and she's i was looking at so her she's starting next month yeah yep. yeah wow. i was looking at her resume it was pretty impressive like super smart young lady i asked her I, do you want to do masonry she's like yeah how old is she uh, she's grade 11. So, so 15, 16. Wow. Yeah. And she's really, huh? Yeah, she's interested. So we'll see how it goes. I hope, I, I'm sure she'll like it. Hopefully yeah. she stays into it. She's going to go back to grade uh, 12. Finish but, it up? Yeah. But she'll have some good teachers here, right? So she'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hopefully. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Right. Angelina, we're out of here.